Assalamu alaikum everyone and welcome to my Muslim family once again. Uh, so today we're doing things a bit differently. Um, we thought we might do some podcasts within the team, um, just share our insights with each other and hopefully with all of you um, on topics that maybe are more relevant to us and we think will be relevant to our listeners as well. Uh, I'm joined by Haseeb today. Um, Haseeb is the co-founder of uh, Muslim Family Hub and this podcast. Um, he actually lives in America, having lived in the UK uh, previously. So we have a little bit of a time difference um, of eight hours, I think, and we also have a time delay. So apologies in advance for that. There are, you know, there's me and him talking over each other a little bit, and there's also slight delays and interruptions. So um, I hope you enjoy. Um, we are talking about his recent trip to Arba'in and what that meant for him, his experience, um, what Imam Hussein means to us as parents, as individuals, as Shia. Um, and then we will also talk a little bit about devices, uh, but this time from a parental perspective rather than kind of nagging the kids to come off their screens. Um, so I, find, I hope you find this useful. Let's jump in. Salam Haseeb, it's good to be doing a podcast with uh, within the team this time. Alaikum Salam Zainab, yes, it's, uh, this, it's been a bit difficult to arrange this one because of the time differences, um, yeah. but yeah, Alhamdulillah, I'm glad we're doing it. Yeah, it's never a good time for a parent, is it? Uh, par- <laughs> parenting and then also time difference and then like recently my little one, she started like activities and stuff and school drop-offs and right now, for example, it's... Uh, uh, parent teacher conference week so like they've given a half days um which means uh amira's uh with me at work keeping baba so busy you yeah, may hear her in the busy. background definitely <laughs> definitely yeah we'll, we'll expect a little little amira's face um so i understand you've been uh to ziara you were in arba'in mashallah was that your first time yeah alhamdulillah no this was i think um I can't remember either my fourth time or fifth time. Um, Mashallah, amazing. But yeah, it's uh, it was uh, it was an incredible experience. Like I think the last time I went was 2018, so it was nice to to go again after a while. Alhamdulillah. 2018 is actually the first time I took my children ever to Iraq. Oh, nice! Um, so you so that took was your a nice children. Experience. Yeah. Did you take them for Arabian yeah. or just like general ziyarah? No, it's the first time we went for general ziyarah. It was actually during February mm. half term. Um, but they really loved it and we ended up going this year. Um, so subhanAllah, I mean, this year was a coincidence anyway, but uh, we ended up being there in the beginning of Muharram, but uh, unfortunately didn't yeah. end up staying till Arba'in. So what keeps yeah. you going back? What what makes you go back a second, a third, a fourth time? Uh, I mean, the un- unconventional answer um, is, is basically like the vibes, right? Like, yeah um the the whole culture of azadari and like uh being a husseini and seeing all of that from around the world um it's 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 just so nice to be part of it you know um and then obviously like the numbers is just something else right like is in where else ever in the world are you ever going to be in a situation where you're one amongst like 22 million people did you did you feel the numbers yeah i mean the thing is is that like you know obviously you're not a helicopter so you can't really zoom out and see right no 
No. Uh, so whether it's like 10 million or 22 million, either way, you're getting squashed, right? <laughs> so <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's one of those kind of things, right? Um, obviously, since the last time I've gone, like I noticed some like developments in terms of the um, like infrastructure and like new kind of like things being developed uh, around the Haramein and stuff. Um, so that was like an update uh, for me. Uh, but now mostly for me, it's, it's, it's a matter of kind of like going, uh, being part of the vibes, um, catching up with old friends. Of course, obviously, Imam Hussein is central to all of that. I'm not like discounting any of that. Yeah, Imam absolutely. Is central. Imam Hussein is the reason why this is all happening anyway. Um, the pull of Imam But for Hussein. me, it's just like a nice... Yeah, exactly. And he, he's the one that's, you know, he's happy. Uh, I, I, I like to imagine that he's happy that we're there and having a good time being yeah. up with friends, reconnecting with people from like, you know, a long time and stuff like that. So that's that's all part and parcel of uh, the love of Imam Hussein. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. I guess the um, the numbers, the, the reason I ask about the numbers is the numbers really test you, I think, like they do in, in Hajj, for example. Um, yeah. It means you have to exercise extra patience. You have to be extra tolerant. Um, and it's, sometimes it's it's extra hard to be a Husseini in that kind of setting. Or did you find the opposite? Uh, no, I, I found that very much, <laughs> especially when there's people just coughing without like covering their mouths and stuff. And mm. obviously, like, you know, it, it's it, it's the whole world right coming together and, and there's people from different cultures. Um, some may or may not have understanding of certain things, like, for example, yeah. not shoving and all that kind of stuff like that. Shout out to my Iranian brethren. Um <laughs> So, so yeah, no, it, it, it does. It does get passion. Crazy. It's called, um, I think, passion. Let's call it. Let's call it passion. It does get crazy. Um, it does get dangerous at times. Um, yeah. Like I remember at one point on the eve of Arbain, like I was at this one little junction where people were basically trying to go five different ways, and it it was it was I was literally looking at it. And I'm like, something can go terribly wrong here. Um, yeah. Luckily, it didn't. But like. There are moments like that where you're like, okay, yeah, like, this is, mm. yeah, like it, it was, it was kind of chaos. So, uh, but alhamdulillah, um, so far so good. Imam Hussein's protected the Zawar. Alhamdulillah. Um, but for me, what was like, the? As, as... Um, I was going to ask about the uh, mm. just this, you know, beyond what the eye can see of food and services um, on the walk. Um, but I'll let you, uh, you know, sorry to interrupt you, you can carry on and then answer that question, no, no. you know, what that was no, no, like. I'll ask, um, the, the, the walk itself, um, so this year we did, I did like pretty much just like one third, um, but I mean, it's just, it's just witnessing the, the acts of service, right? And now like going back, like uh, the last time I went in 2018, my daughter was just born, so she was, you know, just one years old less than one years old um and now and i'll go and I'm, I'm like you know she's five and i'm kind of just like looking at everything from like you know like a father's perspective now yeah so when i'm seeing like honestly i think like one of the most beautiful things that i saw this time was just like there's these like young girls they'll be like the same age as my daughter like four five six seven and like they're handing out tissues yeah, just for like anyone who wants to wipe their sweater, for example, or like they're giving out perfumes, right? Like the, uh, the ether that you can rub on your wrist or like um, even this year, like I noticed that like writing stuff on people's hands, right? So they're writing like um, little kind of like, I don't, I don't know, messages uh, uh, of support, I guess, on people's hands mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Just witnessing that kind of thing. Um, I remember at one point, 
in the walk took a video of this as well um there was a camel just chilling next to a mokib obviously <laughs> that camel was gonna be food uh the next day um, and i just saw some young girl uh go up to the camel and she's talking to the camel stroking him feeding it bread and i was just looking at that and i was just like it just it just made me so emotional you know just like so obviously beautiful. reminded me of my own yeah. kid but like i think i saw know, that video daughters, that you shared i think you shared it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah daughters are just like so precious young girls are so precious mashallah yeah. so yeah, seeing all that sure. uh that, that really kind of um yeah that, that was uh, my style mixture this of emotions year. yeah yeah yeah, but I that, think this, it's yeah, uh, well, especially I'll, I'll the case when. Um... Go, go ahead. on, go on. I was just no, going to say, say that, that it's uh, it's you you see it through a different lens depending on the stage that you're at sometimes, and I think yeah. Imam Hussein is is so timeless. He actually speaks to people at at all stages of their life. Um, yeah. So he probably spoke to you in a different way, be you know before you were married, after you were married, before children, and mm. now at different stages of parenthood as well. It's uh, yeah. subhanAllah really, really, really awesome. Now, like this, this Muharram, uh, like the the Masaib of say the uh, Sakina, um, mm. that's that that's that's been hitting me a lot. Um, obviously, with my daughter, like basically being the same yeah. age now. Um, it's salient, mm. and it it just kind of like you know makes it makes it real, you know. Um, it's it's uh it's, it's quite it's quite intense, and, and honestly, like. Thank Allah for giving us Imam Hussein, yeah. uh, giving us a reason to cry and express grief and mourn uh, in a communal fashion. It's a, it's a, it's a privilege, honestly. It's a privilege to be Husseini. Like I, I think, it's it's like hands down like the most unique thing in the world that we what what we do for Imam Hussein in, in our love. It's it's like it's second to none, and like trying to pass that on to our children. Um, and seeing them actually pick it up as well, um, like it's, it's been phenomenal. Like this year, um, uh, obviously in California where I've moved, my in-laws basically all live like in the same like neighborhood. Um, so we had like a lot of like house majalis as well, and like seeing the kids being involved in terms of like reciting nohas and stuff like that. Like Amira's thing this year was like she was really excited to like hand out food and distribute food. Mm-hmm. Um, so she found a calling in that. So we went to the to local Husseiniya as well. And she was like handing out snacks with her cousin. It's just like, it's just so nice to see that, you know, like passing yeah. that on, you know. It's part of their fitra and, and growing up with these messages. It's it's already in their nature, but it's sort of really nurturing that and supporting that and, yeah. and bringing it out to them at an early age. And that there's no shame in service. It's actually quite the opposite. It's a real honor to serve the community and if it's in the name of Imam Hussein, it's in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so there's no other intention and it's they're so sincere yeah. it's, it's, and the children are so innocent right? you can really feel that sincerity as well yeah so have you ever thought about taking your uh, kids to Arbaeen? so interestingly um after we'd, we'd come back and it was like I said it was the first um experience of Muharram so the the red flags the black flags it was really very special. It, it was really, really nice to see and very different. So the the vibes were there and it was almost a build up, I guess, to the Arba'in. Um, my son was very, very blessed to actually be invited, <laughs> but be invited to go. So soon after we came, he actually ended up going. So Alhamdulillah, he had that experience nice. and and it's uh, it's indescribable. He, he just come, came back so elated. Um, 
obviously it's one of the recommended acts, but it's it's beyond that. I think that's why you mm. go the first time, but that's not why you keep going. Um, mm, there is a there true. is a definitely a pull. Um, I think what really struck him was the generosity and just how relaxed everybody was and how you know you didn't know where your next meal was coming from but you knew it was coming and and you yeah. didn't know where you were staying tonight but you knew that you'd be staying somewhere and really you know being very well looked after um yeah. so it's a very it is a very unique experience and I, I absolutely it is it is an honor it is a huge blessing to be on the path of imam hussein um and as a family, I feel like it really safeguards the family as well because the examples are just so awe-inspiring and and so, you know, they really transport you from everyday life. Um, and I think coming back for him was very reminiscent of how I came back from Hajj and from Amra. You almost feel like you're not home when you arrive home. You, you've come away from home. Um, mm. It's... Uh, yeah, subhanAllah. It's a, it's a journey of the soul, for sure. Yeah, I'm going to, inshallah, we're gonna, the plan is to take uh, Amira to Ziyarat uh, next year. Um, yeah. Hopefully uh, Iran, um, if possible, then also Iraq, but at least Iran. Um, I really thought about, like, like this, this whole Arbaeen uh, trip, I was kind of, like, assessing in my head whether or not, like, I'll be able to do Arbaeen with the family. Mm. Um, I just don't think we're quite there yet because there is a lot of chaos um and obviously like you know with the whole like taftish situation where you kind of get split the men and women get split into, like yeah. different and you, uh, yeah, security you go searches. And stuff. yeah like when it's really crowded that's like really difficult right um so i kind of don't want to put my wife in that position either where she's obviously it's very stressful it can be very one. stressful it's necessary yeah. unfortunately but it is very stressful yeah 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 so so that 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 that, that kind of like kind of spoke to me and i was like okay you know what like i don't think arbaeen will be the one but definitely yeah like um definitely, umrah uh, and iran and at other times yeah, exactly. it doesn't necessarily have to be in the height of it right. yes absolutely yeah, off yeah. season off season yeah, but uh i i mean i noticed with you as well is it was uh, quite a congregation there you ended up meeting with your family um is was yeah. that how it, you know who started it off who said you know let's meet there because it's uh it's far far for everyone no so basically um like uh so obviously having moved to america i was waiting for my green card and uh i kind of like done like a little mini mannat in my head like you know like oh if i get my green card the first place i'm gonna go is yaros right mm. and then i got my green card the next week um and i was like oh, okay that's well, it I'm gonna, I'm gonna i'm gonna have to follow through on that right <laughs> um so i knew my sisters were going but i didn't tell them immediately um and then it was actually a i was gonna like just plan my plan was just like turn up and surprise them like completely uh but then like uh my little one like spilled out over a facetime conversation one time of course, of um, course. as they <laughs> so, do yeah so then we just um so i, I saw them in najaf um surprised my little sister she was just walking past she didn't she didn't see me and then i just kind of like barged into her pretending to be a stranger and then she turned around and she saw it was me um so yeah oh, that, that was nice so it was cool. nice it was nice because yeah. yeah, i haven't seen them in like two years you know so it was nice to yeah. finally see them after such a long time yeah yeah, yeah. and you ended up seeing lots of uh, familiar faces from from your london days as well yeah yeah exactly it was yeah. nice to like reconnect with people right because having been since i've come to california I haven't really like 
I mean, I've made friends, right? But like, you know, like these are old school friends I, I, was, I was reconnecting with in, in Karbala, right? Um, so, so yeah, that was basically that. Yeah. And did you come back with the the all you know all Arba'in souvenir flu that everyone seems to come back with? Honestly, or were you I spared that? I kinda, I, I, yeah, I kind of got lucky. Um, so basically, the 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 friend that I was with, he actually got it quite bad in the middle. Um, but mm. then we basically spent like two days resting. Uh, well, I think two, three days in the middle resting. And I think that really, really helped. I started feeling it. Like I remember coughing for like, like half a day, not like psychological. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. You know what? Like now, now's the time to like back off from things. Like I started like covering my face and stuff. Um, but then, yeah, we managed, we managed to get yeah. off unscathed. Such a huge I was really nervous because obviously my plan was to come back to London afterwards. And I didn't mm. want to be sick during my trip to London. No. Um, so, so yeah, it was uh, it was good. Alhamdulillah. You know, the numbers are increasing every year. the The passion is increasing. I think our children are more and more involved. Um, obviously, you know, I still remember the the time when we weren't able to do this. Um, it wasn't something that was acceptable. It was dangerous, and you know, it still can be at times. But it's very much more available to us now um, and I knew so many For people sure. mashallah who went this year which is uh, it, it is very special and it's uh, I think so many of us were just glued to our you know phones watching the videos and the muakib and and willing ourselves to go next year inshallah making dua to go next year so inshallah Allah gives us the tawfiq to do that inshallah you Amen. get to take Amira and your wife and uh, let them experience that as well and may Allah give us all the tawfiq to do that, inshallah. 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 Right, Hasib. Um, we'll speak to you again soon. All right. So, I know your children, child, is younger than mine. Um, my children are teenagers and, and my youngest is nine. Um, I think we complain a lot about children and devices. We can complain a lot that they spend too long on their phones, that they get distracted, it affects their work, it affects their concentration, it affects their personality. They don't socialize without devices enough. I want to switch it up a little bit and talk about us parents, mm. because I think mm. we are just as addicted, if not worse. Um, what's your relationship like with your phone, Hasib? Um, Amongst my friends, I have the lowest screen time. Yeah. Um, I do notice I, you don't respond I, to messages very quickly, which is admirable. <laughs> yeah. Like basically I made it, I made it kind of like, um, I, I, I know that like in, in work situations that can be frustrating and like, even like with my clients and stuff like that. Right. Like, you know, but I, I just kind of made like a decision like a while back um, that I'm just not going to be that person that's just like constantly replying back and just like always available on my phone. I don't think that's healthy um, because if you are that person that's always replying back on time, that basically means like you're always on your phone, right? Yeah. And so there's there's two aspects to that. One, on an individual level, you're just not basically being present. And I really, really don't like that. I like there's times when I've had to be, when you have to be on your phone, right? Like, you know like for example if you're organizing a trip and like you know you have to go back and forth and all that kind of stuff um and i and i really don't like like being like that um mm. but the other thing is is that when your child is seeing that 
you really don't have a right to then go and be upset that they're on their phone all the time. And I'm like trying my best not to judge other parents. Uh, but yeah. I, I, I see it and I'm just like, yo, you're at the park with your kid. Like, wh what do you need to be doing on your phone right now? Like, I don't understand. Why you sat down on the bench just on your phone whilst your kid's playing by themselves? Why are you doing that? Like, I, I, I tr I'm trying my best not to be judgmental about it, but, but yeah. sometimes I get really frustrated about this. You notice because they're missing out, I think, sometimes. I mean, I'm, I can easily be one of those parents and, you know, I'll always defend myself and say, I'm paying for something for them or I'm organizing their play date or it's a school thing. And, but really it can wait. And, and I know it yeah. can wait, but I guess it's the, it's this need or want just to get things done quickly to take things off your to-do list. Um, yeah. The problem is just like we see them on the phones and we get frustrated. We don't know if they're reading a book or responding to something important or you know reading quran or whatever it may be we, we don't know and they don't know that we are doing something important either i think it all looks the same to them and if we yeah. are modeling then we're, we're you know it all looks the same if we are modeling being yeah. on the phone then this I, is I what they see note, i make a note to tell like my daughter whenever i'm on my phone and i'm distracted and we're outside, for example, let's say, for example, we're, the, we're shopping or we're at the park or whatever it may be. And I'm on my phone and I have to be. I'll make a point to explain to her exactly what I'm doing. Right. So whether it's, oh, sorry, I'm just replying back to mom right now. Da, 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 or sorry, I just got to do this thing right now for work yeah. or whatever it is. I'll explain. I think that's helpful. Um, but not basically, not, not let that just be like my default behavior without an explanation. Yeah. Right. Because... You have to be, if, 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 if you are on your phone like that, then there has to be a justifiable reason for it. Because later on in the future, she's only five right now, right? But like, let's say in the future, when eventually she does have an access to a device and stuff like that, like, I'm going to expect the same accountability from her. Like, what are you doing on your phone right now? Like, that, that, that is distracting you from being mm -hmm. in the present, mm -hmm. you know? And so hopefully by her having an idea that, okay, there has to be like a valid reason, um, She'll, she'll kind of like, uh, that'll be part of her behavior rather than just being like default phones always in my hand kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. I find, I find, I find the, the devices stuff, honestly, I find it like, um, a little bit dystopic sometimes to be honest. Um, I, I remember, I mean, it's, it's happened multiple times, like at family gatherings and stuff like that, where she's excited to see everyone, you know, like all so-and-so cousins are coming over, so-and-so uncle and auntie's coming over. And they come over and they're just on their phones. And and it's like, you know, like you, you don't want to kind of be that person telling other adults and other grownups like, hey, get off your phone. But like, obviously, as a father, I'm like super like, I get annoyed at the aware. moment. Right? I'm like, yo, she's, mm -hmm. she's been looking forward to seeing you the whole day. And now she's here. And now you're here, sorry. And, and, and you're just on your phone. Like, what is this? Like, what is mm -hmm. it that you're possibly doing on your phone so intensively where you're not even like making eye contact with each other? You're just like sat there zoned in. Yeah. I find I find it I find it everyone like, misses I out. It's I, not I, just I a really mirror. Annoyed. I think of yeah, yeah. I mean, they miss yeah, out on each really other annoyed. as well. I think this is something I see a lot. Um, I see it in in restaurants. I see it in family gatherings as well. Um, it's something that I think the elder generation sometimes playfully will take away phones, or they'll say, "Right, we're putting them in a basket as we walk into the house." So that's something maybe you can try. 
um, if you make it sort of a, in a way, it's liberating because mm. um, they've done that at school with the, with the with the teens, and some some of the girls. My my daughter goes to a girls' school. Some of the girls actually are relieved are relieved to be handing over their phones. Yes, they keep checking for it. Yes, they keep thinking, oh, let me just look this up and look that up and see what they said. But after getting yeah. used to not having it during the day, you almost feel unchained. You feel like yeah. you can no, be it's, yourself. It's, you can it's, be in the present. It's, it's an amazing experience, man. Like as in, I've, I've, told, I've told my wife before. Um, so I think, I think you know this as well. Like on Fridays, I try to have like a personal day. Um, mm. And that'll basically often mean like whether going to the beach, going to the lake, going for a forest hike or whatever it might be. And I like to go and put my phone in my backpack. Um, and and it's just like the best feeling ever, right? Like not feeling compelled to even take a picture of the thing, not feeling compelled to like check my messages or reply. Um, I've, I've heard people say, look, oh, it's really dangerous because this and that can happen whilst you're away and someone might need you. And I understand that rationale. No, I mean, we used to manage, um, didn't we? It used to be okay. exactly that's the thing right like if if if, if someone's died god forbid like um, worst case scenario if someone's died me answering my phone like but what are the chances early, it's not really gonna yeah, change god anyway. forbid, Do you know yeah. what i mean right so um <clears throat> I, I know it's a bit of a weird way of looking at things but it, it's just nice to be disconnected and honestly i recommend like parents listening to this just like make an effort to like break that break that cycle um, one of the very easy things to do, Zainab, and, and, and maybe like this could be helpful to you as well, is basically I've turned off notifications for pretty much everything. Mm. Um, I don't, I don't get notifications for WhatsApp. I don't get notifications for Instagram. Nothing apart from messages and phone calls, and my bank stuff because like that's kind of practical yeah. stuff that you need to have the notifications for. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't have notifications on. Um, I, I've done the same, I, and I like, do find it's a really big mm -hmm. help. And where where people don't do that, it's constantly beeping, and I don't know how people can manage like that. I just Dude, find I it mean, so, why, so distracting. Why are you getting a notification if someone's liked something of yours on Instagram? Like that's insane. Mm. Yeah. Like that's insane. Like that's it's, crazy. it's not it's like, not why, urgent why, or why important. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the other so thing as turn, well turn is, yeah, yeah. The other thing is actually I go to because you'd be surprised, especially as a parent of four children with multiple jobs you end up subscribing to this that and the other constantly you know you'll go to a shopping center and you'll need to connect to wi-fi they take your email address you will um you know you'll meet someone somewhere and they'll say oh you know they, there's this that you can sign up to you'll sign up but actually only use it once or you sign up for a coupon code to buy trainers and you know they keep emailing you so periodically probably once a month i'll go through emails and unsubscribe from maybe 50 things yeah um yeah and i found that such such a blessing because yeah. yes i was as soon as i see them i would delete them but it seems to be even having to do that because nobody wants to go yeah. and find 200 emails in their in their personal inbox let alone work inbox yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah i found that really helpful another tip that um that i use I, you know i try to persuade my children to do and something that i've tried to do is to charge the phone outside of the bedroom not to use it mm. for an alarm you know to use an, a good old-fashioned alarm clock or or you know use it as an alarm but outside of the room you can still hear it um, it's actually mm. a, the best hack for getting up for Fajr because if you're up to go and 
you know, shut yeah, that alarm, you you're 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 gonna yeah, you're gonna yeah, pray yeah. before you go back to bed. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're you're awake. You're not, you can't snooze it. Um, but I found, you know, the research shows that actually you, you have lots of micro stressors during the day and they end up um, kind of accumulating to give you a f kind mm. of a sense of, of feeling stressed. And one of the biggest micro stressors is checking the something in the morning and seeing whether it's bad mm. news or, um, you know, some political unrest or whatever it may be. You think it's just mm. news, but actually it stays with you. Yeah, of course. Um, up, and that can be so different. I think um, I can't remember what the uh, what the slogan was, but um, I think produce before you consume. I think it was. So make yeah. sure you do something in the morning before you consume some, you know, consume somebody else's yeah. messages or yeah. consume somebody else's action. So, you know, whether it's read Quran or you pray or you read page of a book or you have a nice cup of tea in the garden, whatever it is, do something before you've actually even checked the phone and yeah. you'd be surprised it'll still be waiting and there won't be anything important that you've missed but you'll feel no, so much sure. more resilient and much much more ready for it um so that's something yeah. i try to i definitely try to do um it's it's not easy you know they are made to be addictive and we do do so much on them i mean even sending you the link for this podcast and communicating with you beforehand, all of that is phone and laptop and whatever it may be. So, so there's a lot of good that comes out of it for sure. I think it's just yeah. making sure that we control it and it doesn't control us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and speaking of that, right. Like, so uh, I'm sure you've like had times where you've just like, you're compelled to like keep opening up the same app. Right. And, yes. it, and it becomes like uh, almost like body memory, right? Like you swipe up your phone, swipe left, and then boom, this is the app, right? So, for example, right now, I'm having this issue with Instagram, right? Yeah, and yeah. So, previously, like what I've done in the past, whenever I find myself like just like opening something by compulsion, I just delete the app, even if it's just for a few days or for a week. Um, I'll delete the app uh, and just basically break that that pattern, right? Like, And, and it's body yeah. memory, right? Um, yeah. so you just it's called i think adding adding out. friction if you add another extra yeah, step then make, you're less exactly, likely make it to see more it. difficult exactly exactly right so for example now the iphone they've got like obviously since they've like uh you know like you can like move your widgets around and stuff like this like my first screen only has the essentials on it and then i don't have a second screen but it jumps straight into the uh what's called the app drawer um mm. and so uh but even there on the app drawer right like the apps are going to be in the same place right so like i said just deleting it from time to time um yeah. just giving yourself a break no not like you can retrains still the brain you want to. No, it's not even about like it's not even about like uh hey social media is bad for you anything like that it's not even like you don't have to take it to the extreme it's just that you don't want no. to be being compelled to do something is not a good thing for us as human beings right especially if it's it's, it's something that's not it's other than allah right so yeah you feel I really feel like chained to it and habit, it's it's it, very it's distracting really yeah absolutely yeah yeah. yeah yeah i had i had that issue with piano tiles up would you believe and <laughs> i found i was just anytime i was waiting for children in the car or i was at the supermarket at the checkout or whatever it was i'd, I'd open that up and i thought this is ridiculous i'm a grown woman <laughs> addicted yeah. to a game and I just deleted it and that's it. And I've, I've told my children, please don't download that on my phone. It's, it's just something that I can't say no to. 
we are not we yeah. we cannot re-download piano tiles. It just cannot happen on yeah. my phone. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, everybody yeah, everybody yeah. will have their own personal piano tiles problem. Um but it's uh yeah, Instagram definitely does do that. It is so compelling. Um um it's 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 ever changing and it's so so fast moving, it's so colorful. Um and there's so much good on it as well. I mean a lot of obviously our um our pages on there, the Muslim Family Hub yeah. page which you know the the motive behind that and the intention is all entirely honourable. You know to 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 bring things that are, that support Muslim families. Um, you know, and so you know we go there to to upload those. We go there to get inspiration. So it's it's definitely not all bad. Um, it's just sometimes the degree. It's the degree and the and, and how compelled you feel exactly like you said. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing I noticed actually is, um, although we work on devices during work hours, is to have any unnecessary devices again out of the room and just out of sight means you are you are less um, compelled to use. It. And I tell my children that, so I tell them I don't, I'm not going to take it from you, but I'd really like you to think about bringing the phone out of the room during study time and just and just see how you get on. And actually, they started yeah. doing that voluntarily most of the time now. Um, yeah. Yes, they'll need to check something, but they'd rather come out periodically and check something on the phone in the living room or in the hallway rather than have it next to them and just feel constantly, you know, even if it's not buzzing, it'll, it'll be calling to them. Yeah. Yeah. And we do your, know as well that. Are much um, older than me. Exactly. I was going to say, your kids, your kids are much older than mine. Um, so, like, obviously, you've got like uh, much more different uh, challenges uh, than I have. Uh, right now, for example, we just have like one iPad, um, which is basically barely used. Um, yeah. Uh, but so, how, how what what kind of struggles have you had to like uh, overcome w with devices? Like, like when when how did you decide like what age, you know, your kids are going to get a phone? Uh, what access do they have, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, all that kind of stuff. I think I really admire people and parents who have made a stand and kind of broken from the norm, because I think mm. I probably did what a lot of people do was, you know, when they move to high school, okay, it's time for you to have a phone. And that's because most so people that's what, get a what phone. What age is that? That's 11, 11 or 12. 11. Yeah. So at that point, they're too young to use a lot of the social media apps. Um, but, you know, my eldest got a brick phone quote unquote brick phone um, and he was happy with that um, but now I don't think children would accept that they they want mm. a smartphone even if it has no apps it needs to have WhatsApp um, mm. we did we did try to move WhatsApp to the the work kind of the academic iPad or the the the, um, the Chromebook that my daughter has because they do need it for work and that's the problem mm. then you are when everybody else has one, that's what ends up being the communication to plan things on Saturdays and who's going mm. home with who and, um, you know, what what did so-and-so give us for homework and can we work together? That tends to be those conversations happening and then your child misses out. And that is from year seven. So mm. you do feel like it's not all distraction. It's not all time wasting. There are some things on there that they need to know. But there has to be restrictions. Um, I'm lucky that my husband's in the IT world. Um, 
so he's nice. kind of knows knows more Set than probably others about about the sort of thing but it's again it's constantly evolving the kids find ways around it has he they do they've you know they'll one of them will yeah. find out find out the password they'll share it with the siblings but they won't tell mom or dad that they've shared it and you know all these conspiracies going on within families or within <laughs> mine definitely um and it's uh, i mean it's very cute that they share it with each other but it's uh, it's also very dangerous um so i think we had to we had to do it my children also go quite far to school um mm. so from from the age of of 11 they were using public transport and i felt safer being able to know where they are yeah. being able to yeah, connect exactly. with them yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And just having the app as well. It sounds like a spying app, but actually we, we do it for each other. I even do that. You know, we've got this app that tells you where your child or where husband is, or whatever yeah. it is. So so I can plan, you know, if I need to go to the gym, I can, I can tell where, where my husband is and if he's going to be home in time and, um, you know, when we can serve dinner and all of that. So it's, it's used for trivial things sometimes, but it's also quite reassuring, I think, for parents to be able to have that. Um, and... And they'll ask for one because that is the norm. So I mm. think once somebody mentioned to me a um, a contract. So when you give them a phone, you also give them a contract because you're giving them a responsibility. So being able to give them a contract means that there is a an understood set of rules and expectations, things that you expect, things that they would expect from themselves and others and from us. And it just sets out some really obvious things like you wouldn't say anything on the phone or write a message that you wouldn't say to somebody in person and just be careful of your kind of, you know, your footprint online, um, things mm. that can, will stay there forever. Um, you know, don't say anything that you'll regret and those sorts of kind of fundamental rules, because sometimes you yeah. hide behind those sorts of things. Um, it is kind of a can of worms and it's very difficult then to rein things in. So I probably, I'm probably one of more, one of those more liberal parents that will give it to them and, and talk to them about it rather than delay it. Um, yeah. And I would also like to think that I can trust them. And like I was trusted with probably earlier than I should have been, but that sense of trust made me feel responsible and made me feel mature mm. and made me feel like I needed to safeguard that trust. Um, yeah. So I, I rely a lot on that, but I know that's that's not enough for lots of parents, and I understand that as well. I remember. But at, uh, uh, at, the, at Amira's age, it's it's a little bit different. Yeah, I remember seeing a clip. Um, it was uh, that Gary V uh, dude, and, and so like basically a mum like asks him. So Gary V, if listeners don't know, he's like a social media guru slash entrepreneur. Um, creates a lot of content about creating content and stuff. Um, but anyways, like a mom asked him, like you know, like what do I do? I'm worried about my, uh, I'm worried about my uh, daughter um, and, and and how she behaves on social media. Um, and so she was like oh like what safeguard measures can i put in place and all this kind of stuff like that and he said like like if you just focus on ensuring and and, and developing and boosting her self esteem then you won't have to worry yeah. about those other things uh because and that's very true you know young young adults slash teenagers act out when they have self esteem issues 
right? Not exclusively just that, right? But a big chunk of it, right? Like how you're going to, for example, especially for like young girls, right? Like how they might want to kind of uh, present themselves in order to get, they may want to get attention, et cetera, et cetera. They might be comparing themselves to other girls, um, so on and so forth. Um, But that's all linked to self-esteem. And similarly with boys behaving certain ways, uh, you know, whether they're getting involved with bullying or like sort of toxic cultures and stuff like that, it will, a lot of it will kind of stem like, you know, down to their how they perceive themselves. And so if parents, if you cultivate their self-esteem from now um, and, and have that open line of communication and warnings about, look, these are the things that do exist out there, um, you know, but this is the reason why we stay away from it, right? And have that very clear kind of conversation about it. Like, I know my daughter's five, but we've had a conversation about alcohol, right? Um, mm. And, and it's kind of like, not not that it was like... Age appropriate. You know, yeah, age appropriate. Yeah, not, not not like as in it was like, you know, it was something she was interested in in, in consuming. But she, like, you know, the, the topic kind of naturally came about when we're in the supermarket. What is that? You know, why is this whole, whole aisle of drinks here? What is this, right? Then explaining yeah. it to her. Like, I can't give a half-baked answer and just say, oh, Tara, we're leaving, right? Like, explaining what it does to their brain. Yeah, you just create more curiosity around it, I think, if you exactly. skirt around the issue. Sometimes it's just exactly. facing so, it to a level that they understand. Um, and and again, if you, I, I feel like if you link it all back to Islam and, like, our individual relationship with Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, then, you know, it just kind of flows and makes sense. Um, yeah. And so, you know, uh, because, I mean, look, at the end of the day, realistic, you know, like, our religion is the truth um, and we should not have any like suspicions or doubts about that right we should have full confidence in that and so if we follow that through um, understanding that our what our religion has prescribed for us as being good for us and understanding the things that are forbidden for us are bad for us and how that kind of um, how, that, how that paradigm kind of works with the concept of being closer or further away from Allah then everything kind yeah. of comes in full circle and it's all logical and you can easily point yeah. then at like what the rest of the world is doing and explain look this they're doing this but this is what it's leading them to do you know, I, was, I was explaining to my daughter the other day about um uh scientific materialism if you want to call it that right but it's just like or you want to call it scientism right based on just like the material observation right um and how like scientists are always asking questions, always asking questions, but asking questions from a position of arrogance almost, right? Which is that there is no God. This whole thing happened by accident. Let's find out how it will happen, right? And I was basically explaining uh, the concept of a dog chasing its own tail. <laughs> so that was, a, that was a fun conversation in the car. And I was basically explaining that, look, this is where the world is at the moment, right? These people that don't want to submit to a God, they're like a dog chasing its own tail. They're just going around in circles. Um, and so having these kind of like open, honest conversations means like in the future, should any, you know, dodgy messages come come at her, I'm able to then kind of tackle all of those things because the the logic has been put in place for her to understand and process the different perspectives of the world. I think it's uh, it ultimately does come back to their relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because really, if it's um, if it's approval that they're seeking from other people, and that connects to the self-esteem issue, then tackling it and saying that it's it's really only Allah's approval that we are seeking, 
again, liberates them from all of that. It makes them, it puts things into perspective. They're able to rationalize and think, um, actually, let me see if their approval, the people I am trying to please or to impress, if that corresponds to what Allah would approve of as well. And if they're in line, absolutely fine, nothing wrong with that. But if it's, if it's taking me away, then that's a really good yardstick, isn't it? Um, mm. Because I think sometimes as parents, um, and it's, you know, nobody does this on purpose, but we can be very critical of our children and we can show a lot of disapproval and we can focus on the negatives and the things that they're doing wrong. And that can sometimes lead them to seek approval elsewhere. So it can be dangerous. And I think that's especially the case with girls sometimes because they do like the attention and they do like to please and and they are generally sent quite sensitive beings. So it's it's something that I'm very mindful of that I need to show them that affection and that approval and you know really quote unquote fill their cup so that they're not looking at that, you know, looking to get that from other people. And girls yeah. are not looking for it from friends or boys or wherever it may be. And that then keeps them much safer and it keeps you connected to them as well. So everyone wins. Yeah. Um, and if you are speaking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and if you're talking about the connection and you know, how, you know, what our purpose is, then they're more likely to listen to you if they're connected to you. And they're more likely to ignore you if you don't have a great relationship. So it, it kind of works that way. The other thing that I found as well with, um, with devices generally, is someone actually mentioned this in a workshop i'm really into my parenting workshop so this you know picked up a lot of these things on, on the along the way um somebody said you know in a room full of, of mums and dads they said what do you know about instagram what do you know about tiktok what do you know about this and that and i realized i knew very little and they said mm. well your children know more than you you need to download those those apps and I did, you know, it went against everything I believed in. Why would I want to download TikTok? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But actually, now I know, yes, I'm addicted to it now, but now I know it. <laughs> um, mm. And now we have something shared that we can talk about. Um, and, and sometimes I'll send them funny things on Instagram or I'll send them inspirational mm. things. Or, you know, my, my son has just left home to go to university. And I sent him kind of this nostalgic mother's perspective. And, you know, he said, well, mom, we're not, we're not there yet. You know, what's this? Um, so you're able to share these. You have a shared platform that you can share with them that, you know, if you don't see them as much at home or, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a fun thing to do. So it doesn't have to be. No, it is. Of course, like, you know, like, you know, who doesn't love sharing like a good meme, right? Or something funny with their friends. Yeah. Like we all do it. It's, it's, it's fun. It's, it's, it's part of our culture. It is yeah. what it is um obviously like safeguarding our children is, is is like really important and i think i think what kind of becomes more like uh more of an effort when you as you get older is understanding the culture that your children are in right like for example yeah, when you know when i was young when i was young when i was back in my day when i was a young man uh younger i used to think like oh yeah i'm always gonna i'm always gonna kind of like be aware of like the culture right and so that would be my kind of like uh, superpower as a parent who knows what's going down, right? Now, it's not even like a generation has passed, but basically Gen Z, who are just below us millennials, right? They've got a completely different culture, 
right? Okay, not completely different culture, but like a very like distinct it's, culture. It's definitely to, to changed, our, to, yeah. To us, right? Um, and so, like, they speak different. What they find funny is different. What they find appropriate or inappropriate is different. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, this is the language has like, changed. Up. And I, had, I haven't even. Right, and I haven't, I haven't even realized. Right, like I haven't, I haven't even yeah. kind of like kept up with that. Imagine you know, how like, I feel what, then. What kind of culture yeah. my kids is going to be? I can imagine. All these millennials yeah. are talking about things like I don't understand. You know, you were shocked at the things I didn't yeah. know, I'd never heard of. Um, it just catches you by, by surprise. It's not some. It's not. Doesn't happen overnight. It creeps up on you. Um, but it's like you know, yeah. Imam Ali alayhi salam said, you know, don't raise your children like you know, like you were raised because they were born for a different time. And, it, it, you know, we need to keep yeah, up. Yeah. We need to perfect our skills. We need to constantly adapt them because um, their, you know, yeah. their world is, is ever-changing. And I'll leave you with this anecdote, mm. actually, because I took my son to, um, he's learning about space. So he had an inset day, um, a teacher training day uh, last week. And he said, let's go to a museum. So it was just us two. We went to a museum. And they had, it was the science museum. And they had all the phones from when phones started. Matrix style phone. If you remember that, Hasib, you probably won't. The um, and the all the way phone. up to the, the, yeah, the sliding phone. The massive, the absolute yeah, yeah, massive yeah. phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And um, I thought, gosh, I, I remember all of these. And they were all up against the wall. And I was chatting to my son who's only nine and he's only only really remembers iphones and i said oh gosh we used to have one of those i used to have one of those and that little nokia where you could only get snake in black and white um mm -hmm. so things have changed so so much and it's not that none of it's happened suddenly it's all happened very no. gradually very insidiously but um subhanallah really showing my age now but it just, it, it left me in such awe, but it also made me realize that it's it's a very different world my son is growing up in, my all my children are growing up in. Um, and when I talk about my dad having one of the first TVs back in Iraq in the, in the 60s or the 50s, and they can't believe, you know, there was a time before TV, there was a time before phones. There was a time when it used to be like, you know, we used to connect to the internet and it was all screechy um so it's it's yeah. definitely changed it's definitely changed for them but we have to keep up we have to make sure that our skills are kept up to date that we're able to understand their world and the only way is you know i'll sometimes joke with them in their own funny words that they use that sometimes mean the opposite of the words we used to use at, at school um <laughs> but it's yeah it's uh i guess it's it's an adventure right it's not. Um, it's an adventure. It's not like scary. Empowering them scary. to be part of their own culture is, is quite important as well, um, yeah. rather than like looking down at it and kind of like making them feel awkward about having like other interests that might be different to what you you did growing up, right? Mm, um, yeah. No, definitely. So like it's it's example, part of their world, so it's not. Know, uh... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if my daughter's gonna use an iPad, then I'm gonna make sure she knows how to use it properly, right? um mm. rather than it just being like this thing right where it's like go figure out yourself but it's like kind of like empowering her to to use it effectively right like so for example mm. she now knows like the difference between she knows that chat gpt is way smarter than siri right um and i remember like trying to explain to her that like like what artificial intelligence is from a very early age actually i don't know why i even had attempted that conversation she was only three 
Um, it's your passion. But, yeah, probably probably because it is my passion. But I was like using Mid Journey AI, the one that generates images and stuff. And uh, I was showing it and I was like, you do realize this is not normal, right? Like, as in this, is, this didn't even exist like a year ago, right? Like, I hope you do realize like this is not like, yeah. like it just happened like this or you just type it in and that's how everything happens like this is very very new groundbreaking stuff but it is what it is that's that's the era that they're growing up in um and so you know um, me as, as a bit of a techie i want to make sure that she's fully empowered and how to use technology to uh improve her own life uh but also like ensure that she has she furthers a connection with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through technology rather mm-hmm. than it being like you know up you know Absolutely. some sort of like compartmentalized opposite thing exactly yeah yeah and the intention the intention is there the other thing as well that i think is is important to to remember and it's something that i i try to do is it all looks the same to them it all looks like we mom or dad on a screen but we shouldn't lose sight of modeling reading quran from a physical quran mm-hmm. or reading mm-hmm. a book in paperback because that mm. cannot be misinterpreted that is mm. mama reading quran and that mm-hmm. is baba reading a book and and if you we want to model those kind of habits then it needs to be right there in their face and reading mm. quran from an app is awesome i love it it's very handy on the train but it doesn't it, to them it looks like anything else that, that can be done on a phone so but also our, our experience of the thing as well right like as in it's so much more wholesome when you hold the book you know and there's weight to it yeah and, and it's much more recommended as well like that, you know? so yeah. it's uh yeah you know like let's you know i think i think the main kind of like takeaway really is us as parents you know like uh keeping our own behavior in check before kind of like you know being, being mindful what we're children, modeling you know yeah exactly yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely no i think it's uh it's been good at reflecting on this. It's something that I've kind of been thinking about for a while and trying to gather my thoughts mm. on. So it's uh, it's good to have a chat about it and, uh, and the different yeah, and sides I'm, of I'm, things. I'm, so I'm like really like passionate about this. Um, I've kind of like been holding off like creating any content for us on Muslim Family Hub about this because um, it seems a little bit cliche. Um, and I was just trying to think about like what angles I can take it from. Um, I, I'm also mindful that like I might have my own like judgmental bias in the in, in the matter yeah and i'm trying to assess whether or not like that that judgment that i have is valid or not right because yeah you know sometimes wrong is wrong right and, and you know like and i understand people are going through different things in life um and i, I really don't want to kind of like you know judge anyone that might be for example texting their doctor about like their cancer appointment in the in the park i don't know what they might be going through right um at the same time, I'm sure not everyone in the park that's let their children there and they're just on their phones is is doing something serious. So trying to find strike that balance between like you know uh, being accepting of people's life situations, but also kind of like jerking parents into a little bit of a you yeah. know, shaking them up a Reality. little bit, like, yeah. guys. Like we, we do I, I think you're right actually up. because um, so we had a psychologist come come and speak about attachment you know baby attachment and child attachment with young with with parents um last week it was a really interesting conversation that we that we we ended up having and she presented on the still face experiment Uh, it it was the first time i'd ever come across it but it's where a baby is sat in a high chair 
and the mum or the dad or somebody they normally interact with very positively looks away and comes back with a completely straight face. It's called still face experiment if you want to look it up. Mm. They have no expression. They have no smile. They have no frown. They, they have absolutely no expression. And all of a sudden you'll find the baby from being playful and being engaged, they, they freeze as well. Mm. And then the parent or, you know, the, the caregiver will look away and they'll be distracted and the baby will try to grab at their attention, try to kind of bring them back. But then after a few seconds, they'll give up and the baby will just kind of be, become so deflated. And the conversation we had was around, yes, we might not be doing that actually physically with our babies and our children, but isn't that what we're doing with our phones sometimes? Mm, mm. And when we do that, it's a form of, and I hate to use the word, but abandonment. And it's probably something I did a lot when my children were little, mm. but I'm here to advise parents, don't do it because the evidence for, you know, face-to-face -face contact, even if you are in the park and they're playing in the playground and you, you look to them, they look back at you and they will, they look back at you and they're you smile at, at them. You. This is the thing, they're it's, always looking at you. It's worth like... a million, yeah, it's worth, yeah. it's worth so many words of praise that you want, you mm. might be saving for later. It's just so empowering. It's so reassuring for them. It's so loving. And both are missing out on this. So, you know, yeah. whether it's, at, you know, at home or out or wherever it may be, just be mindful. And I, I need to remind myself of this more than anybody else. But now that I've seen that still face experiment, I, I cannot, I can't unsee it. Can't but unsee it's, it. um, yeah, we're all in this together. We're all trying, inshallah. And may Allah yeah. give us the tawfiq to, uh, to really keep it in check, inshallah, for the sake of us and our children. Amen. Thank Amen. you, Hasib. Um, very interesting you, conversation. Zena. I look forward to having you on again. Yeah, it'll be great to talk again, inshallah. It'll be good, inshallah. Fi amanillah. Fi amanillah. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, it was a little bit different, like I said. Um, we hope to do more of these um, kind of team podcasts um, on different everyday topics. Um, I think it was important that we discuss this important topic of devices. You know, Hasi being a younger parent and myself being an older one, um, I think it plays into all of our lives. And I hope you've has given you something to think about. Um, and also, the more we talk about these things, I think the more we can share learning, the more we feel we can validate each other. Uh, it's a constant struggle for us all as parents. Um, and even within the wider family. So I hope it was something that you are able to take something away from. Uh, and inshallah, inshallah, I hope to record with uh, Zahira and Muhammad Jawad in due course as well. Um, and hopefully with Hasib again. So yes, hope you can catch it then. And uh, fi amanillah.